everyone. Welcome back to another episode of a lawyer and a policy analyst walk into a bar. This is episode 10 of season four. We're getting far down in the season and we have another interesting topic for you. It's very topical with what's going on in the region right now and, and the world. So we're calling this one to jab or not to jab, but we're not talking about Grenada Carnival or anything like that. We're talking about the COVID-19 vaccination drives in the Caribbean uh, that are currently underway right now. And we have with us uh, another great guest, Dr. Kara Cutting. Uh, she's a medical professional and she has also received the vaccine as well. So we're going to let her introduce herself in a little bit as usual. But as always, I'm the lawyer, Jadrick Cummings. And I'm Delano D'Souza, the policy analyst. And yes, like Jadrick said, we're saying to jab or not to jab. I think it's Shakespeare that say to be or not to be. That is the question. <laughs> so we are asking to jab are not the job we're talking COVID-19 vaccination drives in the Caribbean very topical and of course you know it's very controversial as well and so we had to discuss it I mean you know we're all about public information and we are all about engaging and of course we have a medical professional with us and as somebody who has taken the vaccine who can give us a first-hand account and and so that's basically what we're going to be going into today so I'm going to give uh, Cara a couple seconds to introduce herself and we're going to jump right into the pod so Cara over to you hi everyone thank you so much for having me today on um, this episode on a very controversial topic. As I've been introduced, I am Dr. Kara Cutting. I am a UE graduate. I graduated in 2018. Um, I'm currently working at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Barbados in the psychiatry rotation. And I am a COVID-19 vaccine recipient. So I'm going to be here to give you my thoughts about it and how my experience so far has been. Oh, definitely. Thank yeah, you for being here with that. us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right there. And as you guys can see, she's still alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a zombie yeah. as yet. No, yeah, no superpowers, nothing. Nothing like that. She's, she's, she's very much alive. I mean, I mean, guys, but as far back as COVID-19, uh, the pandemic has manifested. The world has almost literally paused. And of course, in Barbados right now, we, move, we do more than pause. We stop. And we kind of <laughs> held our collective breath, waiting for the development of some measure that would see us return to some level of normalcy. And, and of course, to this end, there have emerged a global race to develop and bring to market um, a vaccine uh, that, like many times throughout the past and throughout history, would stem the threat of the illness. We've, we know this is not a new occurrence. I mean, it's not an everyday occurrence, but it's not new by any means either. So, of course, according to the world, Health Organization, WHO, as of December 2020, there are over 200 vaccine candidates for COVID-19 being developed. And of these 52 candidate vaccines are in human trials. There are several others mm -hmm. currently in phase one and phase two trials as well, uh, which is, and there are others that will enter phase three in the coming months. So, I mean, there is, there's a lot happening here. Some people are calling it the arms race, but for vaccines. <laughs> for uh, vaccines. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a lot being said about the, the, this thing, right? So, I mean, I mean, why are there so many vaccines in development, Cara? So, <laughs> this is a very controversial topic, but vaccines are basically supposed to um, train your body in a way to, well, to build a response to fight off an infection or some sort of virus that poses some, some enormous threat to a community. So, for instance, COVID um, started in Asia, in Wuhan, and now it's <laughs> literally all over the world. So, and I mean, it's, it's knocking people down. It's killing people left, right, and center. Cases are rapidly developing. The more cases you have, the more deaths you have. So the vaccines right now are just being developed so that we can kind of, kind of put a stop to all of it. 
um, fasting is working in a very interesting way. It's kind of like your body's being prepared for a battle. So, you know, you if you're like, let's say you're in a boxer, for, boxer, for instance, you go and you practice, you know how to do, I don't know, your uppercut, I don't know, your knuckle jab or whatever. Basically, the vaccine introduces... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't know in boxing terms but the <laughs> vaccine introduces parts of a virus and it basically says to your, your immune system like okay hey this is what the virus is supposed to do let my body try to build the immunity now to fight this off because i mean you can't go into a boxing ring and not know how to box ever right you have to practice at some point in time so the, the vaccine kind of gives your immune system the boxing ring to practice so like if so, you really so, do become... I was going to say, so it's using your natural defenses then. It's not, it's not yep. really a foreign... You, well, it's foreign, but it's not... It's foreign, <laughs> it's triggering but like an immunity it response. stimulates your immune system to work. So that if you do become exposed, you know, your immune system already knows exactly what to do. Right. And that's how we're tackling it. Guys, I mean, a lot of people in the region now, it's, it's become a, a big topic of conversation, particularly not necessarily about how the vaccines work. I mean, yes, that's important as well. But I think a lot of persons are concerned about the safety of the vaccine. So, mm-hmm. so you know, typically many vaccine candidates will be evaluated before any are found to be safe and effective. I mean, for mm-hmm. example, all of the vaccine, all of the vaccines that are studied, all of the vaccines, sorry, are studied in the lab. Uh, mm-hmm. they, I believe they're studied in on, on laboratory animals. I mean, yeah. and then uh, according to WHO, which I found interesting, roughly seven out of every one hundred will actually be considered good enough to move on to clinical trials involving yeah. humans. You wow. know, so it's not like it's seven everybody that come. Yeah, man, it's yeah. not everything that come that you know. It's, it always has be, to be proven safe and effective right. to do that. You can have a vaccine that's safe, like, okay, safe in these. When I say safe, I mean, um, you know, there are no side effects. You know, everybody's happy-go-lucky. You know, you get you get sick and you go ahead. But if it's not doing what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. then what's the point? Yeah, definitely. So you have to and, weigh and- the safety, you have to weigh the efficacy, you have to weigh the cost, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. so many different things going so to play when you're developing a vaccine. Right. That's why there's so many out now, like, um, I didn't answer that there were, what, over 200 vaccine candidates so i guess that's also why there are so many because obviously not everybody would get through to go on to or mm-hmm. be successful in going on mm-hmm. to phase three i guess mm. it actually goes further than that because the who also says that of the vaccines that do make it the clinical trial just one in five actually turn out to be successful so right. i mean so as you kind of go through the process you recognize that more and more of the imposters quote unquote you know those that are not you know doing what they're supposed to do that don't have the required safety the required efficacy those sort of things they're weeded out throughout the process so i guess what we're trying to get at here is that by the time it gets to the point where you know it's being approved and it's being um, put mm-hmm. out there into the market that you know there's supposed to be a certain level of confidence that this thing is safe for use yeah, yeah. So, i mean yeah and of course it makes sense having lots of vaccination vaccines are in development increases the chance that that you know that there will be more uh, successful mm-hmm. ones out there because if you only have five and only one out of five actually you know yeah. only one out of five will get a signature of approval then you can only end up with one so yep. you know <laughs> and of course they each have their own like um efficacy rates and so forth like like uh you know like madonna might be 95 percent. I'm, I'm just paraphrasing yes. already i'm quoting but you know each of them would have their <laughs> own effect effective rates and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah i mean now that we've kind of spoken about that of course in recent weeks 
several vaccines have become available to different countries in the region. So they, these are the ones, obviously, that would have made it through the trials, that would have gotten approvals and so on. And, uh, you know, through the, and now they're available to different countries in the region. So, of course, the debate rages on about the safety and so on. Persons are asking the question, really, the jab or not the jab? Or like not the jab. <laughs> we ain't talking Grenada and Carnival. We ain't talking Spice Mask. Because if we're talking Spice Mask, then the, the answer is always to jab. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is always the answer. I mean, and for many people, including myself, even in this yeah. instance, the answer is always to jab. Uh, for yeah, me personally, yeah. in, in, in terms of COVID-19, the answer is definitely to get that jab. Um, you know, yeah, man. But everybody may not share the sentiment. And of course, we're going to, um, we've already started, but we're going to start to try to take the remainder of the episode to demystify vaccination and tackle some of the frequently asked questions as well as Kara's going to give us our first-hand experience. I'm excited. I'm waiting for that. Because eh? I, see, I, see I see when Kara busted on Instagram, I say, hey, Kara, get the vaccine, we? So when I say, hey, Kara, get the vaccine, I say, I don't shout Kara and get you on the episode because I really want to know what's happening mm-hmm. about you. She spoke already about how the vaccines work. So I kind of want to ask you, given the nature of the vaccines themselves, how do vaccines protect individuals and community? Not in terms of the mechanics necessarily, but how does vaccinating help to protect me and my community and my family, Cara? Well, so as I said before, the vaccine causes your body to produce an immune response so that if you do become exposed to whatever virus they're trying to protect you against, your body knows exactly what to do which then has like a domino effect. Because your body knows what to do, you mount the appropriate response. You don't get as ill as the people who have not had the so you can still get it. But some, in some cases, yes, you still get it. But when you are exposed or you do contract whatever illness, your, your response is not as bad. So you're not as ill, right? Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. you also don't transmit as much to other people. And then this in whole reduces the burden on the healthcare system. So it's, it's a multifold effect that you can get when you start to vaccinate people within the communities. And then eventually when you have enough people who are vaccinated against the illness and they, if they become exposed, basically nobody gets ill because that's what you call herd immunity. I was just right? about to ask you about that. Everybody talking about this herd immunity herd thing. Immunity. And I know, yeah, man, we ain't talking about no cow or no cattle anything in the herd. We're talking, <laughs> so I want you to tell the people what, what we mean by herd immunity. It is something that a lot of people are throwing around, but that, not a lot of yeah, people understand. It's a term people talk here, there, and everywhere. But really and truly, it's just like an indirect sense of um, protection. Because I've been vaccinated, I can't infect you. And because you've been vaccinated, you can't infect me, right? right? So then pretty much everybody's vaccinated. Nobody can infect anybody. Nobody can get infected. So when people come from, so let's say, for instance, it was like measles, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody from, let's say, Africa still had measles. I'm not sure, but I mean, <laughs> this is just an example. Everybody in Barbados has been vaccinated against this measles. When somebody from Africa comes with measles, then it's like, okay, it's no problem because basically everybody has built up the immunity to it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a result, they can't, they're not going to get ill because they've been vaccinated and they've been given the opportunity to build the immunity so when when your body becomes in contact with this measles it's like okay let's just throw some antibodies here there and everywhere and you know let's just nip this in the bud real quick and that's basically how herd immunity works so because i protect myself i protect you and you protect me right so it's like with this with COVID-19, it's also mm-hmm. that um, with persons who have like certain medical conditions who are mm-hmm. who, are, who can't take the vaccine, if everybody mm-hmm. else who is medically viable, if they take it, yep. 
it means that those persons will be protected as well. Yeah, because you have people who don't, be, who really don't have good immune systems. Like their immune systems are not kind to them. Like they have autoimmune conditions, whether it be HIV or they have cancers, or even very young children who are like not born. Their that, immune you know, systems don't know what to saying, do. Yeah, because I mean, I know they're saying that only people over 18 are allowed to take the vaccines. I'm going to say, what about the kids? And I'm going to try to do it because there's there's a certain meme that says them kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm not not too talking about. But even some kids, well, I I think for the COVID-19 vaccine, it's just because, you know, they have not done any clinical trials on children. They've only done um, trials on adults. So they don't really know how it's going to affect children as yet. But, you know, there have been other vaccines which have been approved for for children i mean most children in almost every single country have vaccination schedules you know so but they're they're the young ones who don't fit into that category like for instance in barbados we start two months so the people so the babies before two months who have not been even vaccinated they don't they immune system don't know how to act for half of these things you know like then you're going to get a high morbidity rate or mortality rate if we don't have herd immunity it's not going to be fair to those little babies you get what i'm saying so vaccines 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 i think they do more good then they do harm mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of misinformation out there you know there's the anti-vaxxers clans and, and yes everybody's allowed to have their opinions mm-hmm. but i think when it comes to dealing with these controversial topics you need to do your research yeah, man. you need to do yeah, your man. research you need to get your information from credible sources i don't know humans are very partial and they're very um convenient so they're gonna they're gonna read one thing and that's gonna be okay for them because that's what they want to hear, you know. But yeah, nobody's I mean, gonna look this, at the entire picture. Yeah, this thing in the seat, brother. Like I was telling you guys before we started the recording, I was talking to somebody very close to me, somebody educated, somebody mm-hmm. who I, I hold in high regard and so on. And I mean, I'm not discounting some of these things, huh? But I mean, mm-hmm. this person was telling me about you know microchips and an implant and thing in the brain to <laughs> the vaccine and so on, and I and I literally yeah. just oh. I, I, I was in ah, <laughs> and I was like I was like what? But how? I like, yeah. And I and That's then I had to ask well. I, said, I had to ask I said bro I said bro what is so special about you that they would want exactly to, that they would yeah, want like to monitor you? Yeah, and not like to mention why. that you walk around with your cell phone. And, Attached to your hand, you have yeah. AirPods in your in your ear twenty four seven. You're talking mm-hmm. to Alexa. If they wanted to, to track Siri. you, they can. Exactly, yeah. you're talking to Siri. You're talking to Alexa. Yeah. I, mean, I ain't integrating through. They ain't going through this whole big hoopla to say, like, we just track people. I mean, it's going to be a lot of effort just to go through. And we vol- we volunteer the information anyway. In yeah. terms of yeah. cellular phone and all of When you go, things, when I you, mean. like, I mean, even coming onto your devices, as you said, like, mm. I get in my car and my phone tells me how many minutes it takes me to get from home to work or something. Like, if they yeah. really wanted to track me. Yeah, because they can. Because sometimes I just have a class and my phone would say, you should leave home now if you want to get to class on time. And I say, hey, yeah. oh, you know I have class. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of um thing that we sacrifice just for some convenience. But I mean, I, I like it, so I don't mind. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but as I said, okay. humans are very convenient people. So they listen, yeah. they, they listen for exactly what they want to hear and they take that information and they run with it. Nobody ever so, takes the time to figure out the entire story. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But mm-hmm. something else I was gonna ask now that we're talking about protection and the the vaccine is that some questions that I think constantly come up now. It's uh, one: if you've already gotten your two doses for those vaccines that require two doses, like mm-hmm. do you still have to adhere to 
these other protocols too. You still have to wear your mask, you still have to social distance, or am I good to go about and roam freely now because I've gotten my two doses? That is one. Mm -hmm. You still need to do your social distancing. You still need to wear your mask and practice your proper hand hygiene because as much as the vaccine is protective, it stops you, it reduces your risk from being ill. It does not completely stop you from, you know, getting ill or transmitting to people. It just reduces it. So remember, reducing does not mean zero or absolutely not. It's right. that it's not going to happen. So with with the vaccine on board, your risk are reduced. But then by the time you put on your mask and you social distance and you wash your hands properly, then like you can almost be confident that you are well protected. You know, it's that like you get in the car and yes, your door is closed and your window is up. But if you don't put on the seatbelt, what happens? You know, if you get into an accident. So when you put, when you put it like that, Kara, it's crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and the next thing is, if you already had COVID nineteen, do you still need to get vaccinated? This this topic, I there's so many so many different things coming out now. They're saying no, you don't need to be vaccinated because you already have immunity. Some people are saying yes. So I guess that's something that's still in work to right. figure out. Um, however, before I got my vaccine, they were just trying to make sure that you weren't ill be- right before, like within four weeks of getting the vaccine. Um, let me see. Right, I mean, so I, I have a paperwork it- here that mm. I got before I got my vaccine. It said the vaccine is not for persons who have had recent COVID-19 infection within the last four weeks, but they may receive it at a later date. So recent infection, okay. it's an absolute no, but right. going on, but, but you know, the clinical trials have only been giving you data for at least mm-hmm. up to six months post-vaccine, yeah. right? Yeah. I guess because the vaccine has not been around for a year, we don't know exactly how many, how many shots within a year we're going to need just mm. yet. Right. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, for me, I, I think I was reading a report even in the Bahamas recently, um, mm-hmm. which is close to us, which means I get a bit concerned where they're saying that persons were reinfected uh, with COVID-19 having already contracted mm-hmm. and, 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 and recovered. Yeah. So I guess for me, that tells me, uh, even to your point, perhaps you can't take the vaccine so soon after having contracted it. But I, certainly I don't think you're immune. I mean, I don't no. think, you, I mean, I'm, I'm no doctor. Not if you're getting reinfected. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, I, I see that all there and I tell myself, well, boy, this thing in a sweet bread, as my granny would say. Yeah. It's in a sweet bread, so you really it's, have It's to... similar to the flu. Yeah. It's very similar to the flu in that aspect. And I know a lot of people go around and say, oh, yeah, it's just the flu, it's just the flu. No, it's not just the flu. Like, you, you see people get the flu and they recover and they're absolutely fine. They're the odd people who might have, like, underlying conditions, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, HIV or cancer or whatever, that get the flu and they don't make it out of it, right? But this COVID-19 mm-hmm. thing is not a flu. Mm-hmm. And I see young people saying it every single day and it, it, it really hurts because, you know, I have colleagues who are on the front line yeah. working hard. And this thing is licking people down left, right, and center. It is not just the flu, but it, yeah. but it is similar to the flu in the event that. And when I say that, I mean, okay, you get infected today, and there's a possibility you can still catch it later on, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so and I think, I was gonna say, I think kind of what persons, in, in as part of demystifying, a lot of persons are not quite sure about the vaccines themselves and i mean mm-hmm. so can you kind of talk to us a bit about the different type of vaccines i know that you know um pfizer is one astrazeneca not in terms of the brand but in terms of the the, the methodology i guess or the the, the mm-hmm. way uh, the approaches underlying <laughs> the technology that they use i think they said there are about three because i mean you know i do my like a reading i just think yeah well, i know yourself. about the 
on the mm-hmm. Oxford AstraZeneca, there's the Pfizer BioNTech and the Moderna. Um, those three I know about. The Moderna and the, and the Pfizer vaccines work similarly in that they're the type of vaccine is called an mRNA, right? It's a messenger RNA. So those that's what the M stands for. Yeah, Ooh, messenger. Okay. <laughs> I see the M and I want to know what it means. Uh-huh. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so it it kind of tells your like because it's a messenger, it kind of sends a message to cells in your body, you know, to make the proteins or the antibodies to to treat the illness or prevent the illness from happening, right? So you get injection and then this thing goes off and it goes to your cells and it's like, yeah, you need to make this protein to protect you from COVID. You need to make this protein to protect you from COVID. So that's kind of how it works. Whereas with the AstraZeneca, that's what we call a vector vaccine. So when we say vector, it means like it's a carrier. So you know like how you get dengue from a mosquito? Mm-hmm. I was killed in 2019, boy, but I don't go on that road. Eh? I hate dengue, by the way. I've had dengue before, and I would not wish that on my enemy. But the, the mosquito is is a vector because it carries the disease, right? Mm-hmm. So with the Austri- the Oxford AstraZeneca, the adenovirus, which is the which is basically the flu, that within it it has um, the protein of the COVID inside. So when it gets into your body, the the flu or the adenovirus kind of opens up the pathway for this protein of COVID to come out. It's kind of like, you know, the chocolate eclairs that have like the caramel right. center? Yeah. Mm. Right. So the, the chocolate on the outside is like the adenovirus. And when you bite into it and you get the caramel coming out, that's like the COVID-19 protein coming out. And that signals yeah. your body to release a response. I like her boy. I like her said it's so sweet. Like literally. Chocolate and caramel vibe. Eh? <laughs> Is it that so, one? That's, that's the one in Barbados? The that's the one we have in Barbados. Okay. Um, I, I'm not sure why we got that one. It might have to do something to, it might have to do something with the temperatures at which the vaccines are uh, stored. Yeah, I think somebody was saying Moderna had to be stored at like sub-zero temperature. I don't know. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I read a report last night that said, and um, some countries don't have the capability to store some of the vaccine mm-hmm. and so on. And so you know, know we, we have a hotter climate as well. So yeah, 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 the, yeah. the Oxford AstraZeneca, as far as I know, they can be stored in the fridge like normal. Right. So okay. I think like that was the better. So. Mm-hmm, that was the better option for us. Um, yeah, that's what we have here as well in Simonson. But I mean, yeah. so you spoke there. You spoke there about two. So you you spoke about the vector. The, the yeah. Vector so it's two different types: the, the vector mm-hmm. and the mRNA. So what about the other one that I read about? I know people read about it. Eh? The one that they call the whole microbe approach that I, I, that I saw. That one the, is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, I read I that one because the Moderna, I mean, they said it. I know, but the Moderna, the Pfizer, and the Oxford AstraZeneca. So they, the yeah, so I they're know. saying this one here is, is an inactivate. I'm reading from, from, from um, WHO now. You know, I'm no oh. expert. So they said it's the, there are two types of this particular approaches the inactivated vaccine and then the live attenuated uh, vaccine if i'm pronouncing that correctly attenuated, basically, uh-huh. attenuated yes so it's basically uh-huh. saying it's uh, and i have the examples they said the live attenuated an example is the measles the mums and the rubella and the, rubella, you know, back, yeah. and, and the chicken pox that's and that chicken approach pop, yep. yeah mm-hmm. and then the other one they said the inactivated vaccine is the flu and polio those are examples mm-hmm. of that so obviously, so the, the, the ones that we have in terms of the, the Oxford, AstraZeneca and the Pfizer, those are not any of those. Those are um, the, 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 um, the, the, what you call, what you call it there? You viral. call it the, the viral, 
and the antiviral. Mm. Okay, well, well, if you're class- trying to classify like that, um, based on different types of vaccines, those would come under something called a subunit, mm. where they just have parts of the pathogen. So, like, it has part uh. of the COVID nineteen. So it's not like the entire vaccine that's like live or or it's, mm. or it's dead or is or is weakened. It's kind of like just a part. So most viruses they have proteins on the surface, and they would take the protein and mimic it so okay. then it's not it's really and truly it's not literal covid going into your body it's just a protein that looks exactly like covid so i'm gonna ask another question now that i hear on the streets and the streets are talking the streets <laughs> the streets saying that this thing can alter your dna because i guess because they say mrna in it they tell yourself <laughs> and i tell you when i hear some of these things i say well, what's this you know boy so it's a lot of fear mongering, eh? But I mean, somebody There's say yeah, a this lot thing. of fear. No, it does not alter yeah. your DNA. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. no. you see the messenger, you see the mRNA. Yeah. It's, hey, yes, you know? it, it tells your it. All it does is that it tells yourself. It sends a message to yourself to produce certain antibodies. And what about um thing? Because one you're hearing as well is about pregnancy. That if you're if you take it, or you won't be, women won't be able to get pregnant anymore, or it might affect the fetus and these kinds of things. They have not done enough studies to mm. see what the effect on um, pregnancy will be. You know. Yeah. So people are just like going there and making it. So like, it's like it's like we're going, we've gone back to primary school and we're doing composition. Uh, like people are just seeing these seeing things. And you know, hearing from any and everybody, and they're going, "Oh yeah, you know what? Well, that's good. I definitely can't get pregnant because you know my child's gonna have three eyes." And I mean, yeah. there's been absolutely no study, so where are you pulling this information yeah, from? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no evidence to suggest it either. So I mean, no from, from, from from the reading that I've done, I haven't seen anything like that. Then yeah. I think like some so some like CDC and some like flat out say no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think some of them CDC and so have said it's safe and so on. So I mean, mm-hmm. I listen. I trust some the science now. It's safe. Every day, every day, there's new information that's coming out. Because, I mean, yeah, even yeah. up to Friday, um, there was an article. I don't remember by who it was by. Um, but it said that, you know, breastfeeding moms can now take it. Before, it was like, oh, no, we're not sure if breastfeeding moms can, uh, can have okay. the vaccine. But no, since Friday, breastfeeding moms can now have it. So, well, this is for the Oxford AstraZeneca. But mm-hmm. so every day, there's new information. And, I mean, that's expected. The medical world is a evolving world yeah. early days so, yet there's constant yeah, but, there's constant research so but Kara, i want to ask you particularly going back to the mr i thought about the messenger the mrna mm-hmm. i mean a lot of persons are saying well this is a new thing i mean mm-hmm. they say it's a new way of developing a vaccine and uh, mm-hmm. and from what i read um, from from who they say that before covid19 none had yet been through the full approval process for use on humans. And I'm speaking specifically mm-hmm. about the, the mRNA ones. I mean, and, and of course, they said though some DNA vaccines, including for particular cancers, were ongoing human trials. But in terms of a, a vaccine such as the one for COVID-19, there were not any that had been brought to market in that way. And that's why a lot of persons are saying they're concerned about that particular um, type of vaccine as compared to the, um, the, the other subunit one, I think it is that you mm-hmm. referred to. I think, honestly, based on the research I've been doing recently, the mRNA vaccines have actually been more effective than the AstraZeneca um, mm-hmm. in terms of their efficacy and their protection rate. So I understand that there's all this, there's a lot of questions because, you know, this is the first time that this has ever been done. Mm-hmm. And people are saying, you know, this vaccine came about too quickly. Why is this? Why yeah, is this people happening? say a rush. 
and you know, a year they don't in, get in, it to market and year, so on and of course. But when you have, you have to remember that these people who develop these things don't just like sit down and wait for a pandemic mm. or epidemic to mm. come. You know, they don't sit down with their arms folded and say, all right, so let's just wait until like... They're working all the, all the time. Mm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're constantly working. You know, they're always in labs trying to develop new and improved ways to do things. So truthfully, we have had, I guess, some sort of practice in the field to say, okay, well, you know, maybe the next thing that comes, you can try an mRNA vaccine and see how that works. Mm-hmm. Right. I imagine so I it's... I wouldn't you know say just because it's been it's the first time that's come out or it's been produced quickly that you know it's not a good thing. I think that but... these scientists that sit in the lab and they do these things that they're very talented and they're well educated and I think they kind of know what they're doing. So and it um... kind of brings us to something that we spoke about before in terms of it, it has gone through the trials. I mean, it went mm-hmm. through the phase no. one, the phase two, the phase three, and so on. So it's not like them fella just come up with it and say, boom, we're going with it. They, it still mm-hmm. had to go through the requisite um, thing. And I think the use of the word emergency approval and all of these type of things have kind of made people feel or wonder as to the, the processes that it went through before getting to the approval stage. I mean, I'm no doctor, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you, when you think about it, I mean, I hear three phases and I, and I feel good about that because, I mean, it had to go through phase one. Of course, and I, I would imagine phase one, it going through like a small number of volunteers to start to mm-hmm. assess the safety, that kind of thing. I would imagine phase two, and you can correct me, Cara, phase two, the vaccine is usually given to probably hundreds of volunteers and so on. And of course, mm-hmm. they're monitored for their, for their side effects and so um, And the data yeah. collected, all that sort of thing happens there. I mean, they have similar character. All these things happen there, and you guys can read up on it. I, I urge my listeners, I urge our listeners to read up on this thing that we ain't just talking we are kind of just having a conversation so you can augment what we're saying and talk with your own research yeah and in terms of phase three imagine the vaccine then is given out to thousands of volunteers yes. um you know and all of this type of thing so i mean and after that three, i would like to, believe, to see right? how effective it is right. right so the numbers increase in terms of who gets whatever but then they're also looking at these the efficacy right so but that's pretty much how it works yeah my flip side as well i've also heard people saying well they're not worried about the speed at which this one came out but they're saying mm-hmm. okay well you're they were able to bring out vaccines for COVID 19 so quickly what happened well, to well, all well, 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 we yeah. Can't what AIDS, yeah. Else? yeah so there's a flip side to it too a person capitalism, you know people but, saying capitalism yeah. i don't mind that kind of conspiracy theories or not because honestly i just think about them things that sometimes too but it's when you come and tell me about yeah. the when you come and tell me about the, the, um, the microchip and everything. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind you coming with the capitalist um theories mm-hmm. and so because in my mind I still feel like in terms of cancer and other things, we could be further along than we are in terms of the, the medical response. So those I things agree. I fully accept. I agree that some things we could, we could be further along in, but remember it's it's also about where the money goes in terms of research. Money talk. Um and yes, cancer kills a lot of people, but COVID has been killing way more people you know mm-hmm. it's been affecting a lot of economies and you know and been- I, I was about to say that i think more so than that i mean obviously as an economist i think about this a lot i mean the mm-hmm. difference i guess behind between cancer and hiv but i mean in the 90s and so hiv was really bad hiv is was really bad and so mm-hmm. and so it had i mean that that was huge in terms of the number of deaths yeah. so, but i think in terms but of COVID 19 but now we have ways to prevent it, you know, we have yeah, exactly. our and all of contraceptions that. and our biometrics. Mm. And then we also have our, our medications that exactly. you can, if you take your medication, you can never leave, you can leave a normal people, life. Yes, this is yeah. what a lot of people don't Very understand. Lovely. You know, when you take your HIV medications and your 
your viral load, which is basically your the amount of virus you HIV you have in your blood, when that becomes undetectable, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's almost as if you're, you're normal. Like the yeah, risk yeah, of yeah. transmission is lower. So mm-hmm. we have these these things implemented for cancer. We have screening, you know, mm-hmm. to see if somebody the likelihood of somebody developing the cancer, and then you also have treatment mean- for the cancers. So. For COVID, do we have to screen it for anybody? No, that, but I mean, but I think I think the issue is for me, at least in my mind, when you start to shut down people's economy and people can't travel and so on, then mm-hmm. there is going to be a bigger focus on it. When economies are mm-hmm. being affected the way yeah. they are now, I mean, that's if if the economies were not being affected in the way that they are, God forbid, and and there was still this high level of debts, I don't think it would have been as, as much of a concern, you know. But yeah. I think it's because our, our it's the economy the we operate. Yeah. The economy mm-hmm. and our ability to travel, to, to interact, and so on. Mm-hmm. When those things are compromised, I think it's a whole different scenario. Because if you think about, about, about um, HIV AIDS and so on back in the 90s and so on, when it had just become so prevalent and so and so pervasive, people were like, oh, that's their thing. Nah. It's not affecting the way I live and so on. I'm not engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, the, for me, I, it's, it's not something that's, that's at my doorstep. And so for that yeah. reason, I'm not as concerned. But with, with COVID-19, you can't help but because it's affecting everybody and of course money than anything too now if you pray that some of these things is you know, four from four us to 33 us per shot and all kind of money than this thing mm. too you know yeah. and even when you're going back to the cost benefit analysis of it like i think when i was looking up doing a bit of research on the like you know um voluntary vaccination programs and so they were saying even with these seasonal influenza that i think one european study did that if they found that if 75% of the adults over 65 got vaccinated against the seasonal influenza, then it would actually save the Europe, the entire of Europe, about 400 to 600 million um, euros a year. So wow. that was like a, you know, a motivation towards pushing a vaccination program. So I think it's something similar as well mm-hmm. when it comes to COVID-19, yeah. if you would start to see a push towards a vaccination program. Bro, a lot of money being spent in, in, in healthcare now that that was not earmarked for healthcare, you know. If you think yes. about it from that perspective, we had not earmarked to spend all this money in this test and all so we had other needs we wanted to develop, you know, um um cancer centers, we wanted to do deal with basic yeah. medical things and so on. But ideally what has happened for the well, not ideally, essentially what has happened for the last year or so is that all the money that would have been spent in terms of developing our healthcare system has been directed towards COVID. And so after the Mm -hmm. pandemic, you know, after we get it under control, we are going to be behind or even further behind in terms of our health, our our health sector, you know, because all Mm -hmm. the money for health has gone into fighting COVID-19. And and not even just the money from health, from other places as well, from From other other parts of the economy as well. I I have a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you guys think about just suspending travel for, I don't know, at least a month? Worldwide? Just, yes. Just suspend it. Oh. I mean, we. To be honest, I don't think it would affect us in the Caribbean that much. I, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the traffic now and so on, mm-hmm. and the requirements, and so I think effectively based on the regulations and how long you have to spend in quarantine and so on, I think that has mm-hmm. that has. And I mean, as somebody who used to work in the aviation sector, I could tell you, uh, you know, I I I, I still get the the, the the weekly reports and so on from um from IATA and so on. In the mm-hmm. sweet bread, it's a fraction of the travel. So in my mind, we're almost there already. So I don't think it's going to be that big. But there are people a... mm-hmm. from the UK and the US that are just 
trauma in Afghan center and their cases but, are you know skyrocketing but even though that has thing because the directive from the uk government is that you should not leave um the uk unless it's uh, you know medical emergency or what have you but it's not mm-hmm. that you can just pick up and travel now there's there from the last time i read the regulations speak against traveling for for holiday and so on of course people can slip mm-hmm. through the cracks and what have you yeah yeah but, but by and large a lot of that has sort of you know a, a lot of that has sort of um been been, been taken down I want to ask you a question though, um, guys. I saw, and it was a big thing. Some colleagues and I mentioned the Sputnik vaccine from um, from from Russia, Russia. and, and mm-hmm. there, I think there's another one. There's a Sinovac from China. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a big um, hullabaloo, a big re when when our Prime Minister Jadik um, was was said he was going to take the Sputnik, and I think he the did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and persons were saying, you know, how do you trust this this vaccine from from Russia and so on? And then I, I read upon it and I read that a lot of you know a lot of um, reputable international medical journals and professionals have have, have vouched, have verified the safety of the Sputnik and so on. So kind of what I'm saying is kind of bringing forward the whole role of geopolitics in this thing, yeah. too, where there's even amidst this whole fight um, to, to, of, of COVID nineteen, these these global powers can't help themselves. They're still fighting mm-hmm. geopolitical warfare because they're trying to tell us that the, the Sputnik vaccine ain't safe. They're trying to discredit Russia. Because it came from even, Russia, yep. Even yeah, this week, they say that, yeah, even this week I read from, from um, the G7 that they're concerned about the influence of Russia and China by using vaccines to poor countries and all these sort of things. Yo, instead, of they cons- instead of them, <laughs> and then because of that, because of the geopolitics of, of vaccines, it's almost like pol- political geopolitics featuring vaccine featuring COVID-19 mm-hmm. and because of that the G7 have kind of come and said guys if we don't come forward and give up and give and provide developing world with vaccines then we can run into problems you know because the influence of Russia and China are going to are going to grow because they're providing these countries with free or cheap vaccines and and so on so all that in the thing to know so I want mm-hmm. all people to be aware of that so when you hear people say oh the Sputnik vaccine you know are they trying to target particular vaccines and then you heard even Prime Minister Martley spoke about it this week, Cara, when she was saying, mm-hmm. let's not tie up with this geopolitical warfare between Oxford, yeah. AstraZeneca and Pfizer, which is, of course, the the, mm-hmm. the, um, the German... Co- you know, let's not get yeah. involved in that because the, those things mm-hmm. are going to happen. What you have to focus on is the efficacy and the efficiency and the effectiveness of I this know. vaccine and trying to safeguard ourselves. A small, a small, small nations in this world, you can't get tied <laughs> up with them things there between. If you get the vaccine and it's safe, Use it. Yeah. That's how I yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's yeah, how sure. I feel as well. Yeah. But they're gonna be this inherent thing anyway in persons who feel whether it's from TV or whatever, when they're just listening to media across, they're mm-hmm. just gonna say, Well, I don't trust this Russian thing just because they're mm-hmm. so influenced they, they, by in the, yeah. the American and culture and US stuff media. like that. Yeah, yeah. Bajans in particular are very xenophobic. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean right, even I even now, like some of them don't even want to take the Oxford, Oxford, Oxford. They're like, I don't know, vaccine from India or wherever. Oh, you know, right. It was a gift from India. So. India. Yeah. <laughs> and, but with that too, though, and I think a lot of persons are concerned, or not concerned, a lot of persons say, listen, if it was one one, one shot, one jab, I would take it. Mm-hmm. But you see, there's two jab thing, I really depend on that. So, and, <laughs> and I guess that's why the conversation is being had now about, I think, which one have they won? They won um, Johnson, one Johnson, those, that's, Johnson, that's Johnson, Johnson which I think is in, yeah. in, in yeah. Um, phase three trials now, where they have, yeah. you know, one one jab. And I think people, yeah. I think when that becomes mainstream, I think a lot of more persons are going to want to uh, feel more comfortable. Can even so tell myself, I go through the vaccine is... thing twice, go through. Mm. To be honest, that's my, why, my that's part is... of my thing too, you know. <laughs> what, about having to get two jabs? 
I used yeah, to have when, when, when I saw <laughs> the Johnson also. Johnson would have one, I was like, mm, maybe I should wait to see if we will get the Johnson <laughs> Johnson one to see. Let me just um, ask y'all this. How many jazz did y'all get when you were babies? I don't know. I cannot how remember. How many boosters <laughs> did you get? Because there's so many batsies that need boosters mm-hmm. when you're a child. So, I mean, what's the difference but, now? Yeah, in other words, we don't get plenty, the, plenty, plenty. The difference no is that difference. you you could remember what happens now, right? But you can't remember mm-hmm. what happened when you're a baby. That's because the short space of time, too. Like, you know, you have to yeah, take one now and then a yeah, next one within yeah. four to 12 weeks. But and you're even like, the heavy yeah. vaccine. They have the hepatitis C vaccine. You have to get boosters too, and though, that's three shots. Hey, I mean, I have it then because I definitely remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so, does number really matter? Just as long as you're getting the protection that you need, I don't think. I agree. Fair. I think. That's I think there's um, some convenience as well. People's mind, yeah, yeah. people's mind, the convenience mm-hmm. and so. And I mean, you can't dispute this thing because I was just reading like minutes ago. I was reading on BBC. I think it was uh, uh, Al Jazeera about um, Israel and the success that they've had. I think they said like 87% reduction in, in COVID-19 cases, cases since they've vaccinated so many persons mm-hmm. in, in Israel. So, I mean... But which that, one and, are they and, using, though? I, I, I can't be sure, but I, I'm not quite sure. I, I think it's probably the... Um, is it the Pfizer? Is, is it the Oxford? That would be I can't say. Mm-hmm. But it, they said, they said you know, it's, it's been so successful and they're declaring it as one of the, the first major steps to proving that, this, that um, vaccination is working in terms of um, quelling it. So yeah. I found mm-hmm. that very, very encouraging as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I have one, one more question, Cara, before we kind of get into your personal experience with it. What is mm-hmm. COVAX? This is something a lot of people are speaking about. What is COVAX? That, that, that's not something where they, say, where they say you can get the, um, is in COVAX where they say it's a facility yeah. to ensure that the yeah, developing program, countries yeah. are... Uh, I, I did not I, even I, I, know that this thing existed. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why we were able to get, um, um, well, a lot of the caracom. That's how we were able to get like, a few hundred thousand today. doses. And so. there, yeah, there is a lot of, because um, they, they essentially they're allocating for the smaller developing countries. Yeah, of course, countries, you have to pay for it and you have to put in and the bigger countries. And that's why I said the, the, the G7 has have said they're putting in something like mm-hmm. $7 billion into the COVAX facility to ensure mm-hmm. that the, the, the less developed countries globally are, are going to have mm-hmm. access to the vaccine. Because, of well, course, you recognize we're not going to get back to... <laughs> Yeah, we're not gonna get. I, I imagine you're busy in the field and on the front line battling or something. So you know. It's, <laughs> but yeah, you know, no. Yeah. Sometimes when you spend almost all day in the hospital, <laughs> hearing mm-hmm. about certain things, like I mean, even the press conferences that come over like every day, we don't get to hear because we're working. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel so, you know, we thank you for your service. But thanks, it. But thank, no problem. But thanks for telling me about it. I'm glad yeah, to hear yeah. that we have some sort of initiative which. You know, yeah. allows should I say lack of fortunate countries? Yeah, I mean that's that's the uh, global um, you know, yeah. to have yeah. to have the opportunity to be vaccinated because I, I, I mean, think everybody. You know what bothers me is that the majority of the world functions like animal farm. You know, all animals are equal, but some people are well, wow. others. It's so true. I think COVID <laughs> that, that book is, you know is levels now, the playing field yeah, for everybody. Yeah. You know, but I mean I think the concern is that the rollout of it. It's not being done fast enough in terms of mm-hmm. our impression. And I think even recently, uh, last week, I think CARICOM was pushing for an audience with the WHO in terms of speaking, a global audience in terms of speaking about COVAX and why it's not being rolled out and so on. But of course, they were they were encouraged by the fact that the G7 nations, of course, partly motivated by the whole Russia-China 
you know, geopolitics thing. Um, you know, they've, they, but they said they're going to put more effort and more money into COVAX and so on. So all of these things are happening in the background. And it's, it's always interesting to see how these things play out as well. Uh, but kind of yeah. switching gears, you know, to, to your experience, Kara. I mean, which one of the vaccines oh, yeah. did you get? I imagine you got the... Um, yeah, yeah, I want nobody to think. I, so I want yeah. to take my number. I just wait. <laughs> I want to hear something go. I, I, read, I see somebody yeah. on, on Twitter today say that the arms so they can't lift up there. They miss things that yeah. small, very small in the grand scheme. I think if, mm. if, you, if my hand off a sofa for a night in order to yeah. get, in order to build up a resistance to COVID, and that's a small thing for me, now, that's a small scene. You understand? Yeah. So, something else I'm glad to see, though, that a lot of persons who are taking it are going to social media and like relaying their experiences mm-hmm. just to make persons yeah. feel a bit more comfortable in, you know, yeah. going forward yeah, taking it. That's so. kind of a double edged sword, though. Mm. Because also, you have, you know, the anti vaxxer community is growing larger and larger. And you have the people who get the vaccine and they have, you know, terrible effects. Like, mm. I won't say side effects, but terrible effects. Oh, and they use that to say, oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw somebody tweet, um, if you knew what they were putting in this vaccine, you wouldn't take it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you even know what you're eating when you eat mince meat and hot dogs? <laughs> hey, and I, 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 know, I know I know mince meat dinner. Coincidentally, yeah, just before we don't question we don't question those things. Yeah, we just before we came food. on to this. People don't question Panadol or Advo. You know, no. so well, that's true. Only one question about the but mm-hmm. I don't mind telling yeah. you about my experience. Um, sure. I got the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, mm-hmm. I got it two Fridays ago. Hey, two, hey, so, you live in long, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I live long. Um, I, I will not lie, honestly, before I mean, even up to the morning that I left, the morning I got the vaccine, when I left home, I, I was still uncertain. I was like, I'm not gonna get this vaccine. Um, you know, there's not much information about it because I. I guess because I spend a lot, I spend some time on social media as well. You're seeing all these different things. Oh, you know, you shouldn't Mm -hmm. go here. South Africa is recalling it here and all these different, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. But I Mm said to myself, you know what? You have to, you have to sit and you have to weigh the pros and cons. You work on the front line. I don't live alone. I live with my Mm -hmm. parents. Um, I mean, they're not like very elderly, but my my parents have non-communicable diseases, which puts them at higher risk. So if Mm -hmm. I come home now with COVID, and I mean, we do have some colleagues, unfortunately, who have contracted the virus while mm-hmm. at work. You know, um, if I don't, if I come home with COVID and infect them, what happens? You know, yeah, I yeah, have. Yeah. I mean, nieces oh, and oh, nephews, and I was about to say that how because I mean, even when I came back from Antigua recently, mm-hmm. um, I was supposed to pass with my granny to, to check on her and so on, and but my test was delayed in the backlog, and I tell myself I can't go check because I mean I had got negative tests in Antigua. But when I landed and, mm-hmm. you know, we had the backlog, I said, I can't go check granny. Because mm-hmm. imagine how I can keep up on my conscience, my granny who old and have um, yeah, you know, exactly. higher risk. Imagine yeah. I go yeah. on there to check she, and then I hear, bam, she gets sick with the thing. I can't have that kind of thing from my conscience. You know, so I imagine yeah. it's the same type of thought process. If I could take a vaccine that, you know, all the evidence is suggesting it's safe and so on, it protects my family, it protects the people that I so love and I body. work with. And so, you know, what, 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 why not? You know? Yeah, I think that's a big motivation for a lot of persons because even if you yourself feel all right, I'm good, I'm young, I'm healthy, even though it does affect persons who are young and healthy, like in your head, at least you'd think, you know what, I'm for my conscience, I need to take it to protect these older people in my family, my elders, you know, my elder uh, mother and so forth. So I think that's a big motivation for a lot of persons as well. Yeah, I can't have anything for my conscience, boy. Yeah. <laughs> when I wrote something, when you do, 
you make you give somebody a bad drive, you just be thinking about that even when you reach home. <laughs> you know, you, you miss, uh, you know, inadvertently give somebody a bad drive on the road, and you think it's a boy, a bad drive, that man, then a bad drive, that whole lady, then imagine if that's something somebody were to die as a result of mm. your negligence. I, that's how I think I can't have anything for my conscience, brother, at all. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna ask if you were among if you're in the first batch of persons in Barbados to get it to get the AstraZeneca. Yeah, um, I got my vaccine on the second day below low. So the first day, I think they did um, private care and, you know, people working at Harrison's Point and other frontline, well, Amy and ICU. I think they did on the first day and then the second day they came to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I got mine on the second day of the rollout, which is why I was kind of, you know, hesitant. Nice, well, you, <laughs> um, it was a big one, Kara. <laughs> it was a big one. <laughs> Like, I was like, okay, wait, I am I am the guinea pig on the second day. Like what? <laughs> so all your um, as I said, I, your... I was I was on the fence about it. Right. But have all your colleagues mm-hmm. on frontline, have they also taken it or are like some of them holding back and being a bit hesitant? Um the majority of my friends have. I have like one or two who have not. Um a couple of them didn't get because they were breastfeeding moms, so they were waiting to hear about, oh. you know. Study do they have stopped breastfeeding mm-hmm. in their children? So now that we have the information since Friday, they're planning to go and get this week coming. Okay. So yeah, it's, I was only fine but... about it, but then I did my research, I read. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, let's just go ahead and do it because at the end of the day, I'm protecting myself and I'm protecting the other people around me, and also protecting my patients, you know. Yeah, so, but can you kind of, I mean, the process, I imagine was fairly straightforward, but can you kind of give us a walkthrough of the timeline from like the moment you got vaccinated, how, were there any side effects, how that, how that go? You know, I mean, obviously okay. with us now, you sound that. very chirpy and things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically I got my vaccine minutes to three in the afternoon on the Friday. Um, we had to wait 15 minutes just to make sure nobody was having any um, adverse reactions. Pretty much everybody was fine. And everybody was in there, like, pretty happy-go-lucky, you know. Nobody cried. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we pretty much all went home after that. Um, maybe, like, six hours in, I started to feel a little soreness in my arm. So I'm there, like, you know, swinging my hand up in the air. And, like, yeah, down my hand just feels a little sore. And I kid you not, within an hour, I was inside the house like, is anybody else in here cold? I was shivering. Mm. I was like, what is this? I had fever. I had chills. I was shaking. Then I had this whopping headache that I, mm. I mean, that it just let me down. I said, no, at two o'clock in the morning. So I struggled out of my bed to go take two panadols or paracetamol. Mm. And the symptoms kind of, you know, settled down with that. But I think my biggest mistake was not taking it as soon as I got the vaccine. Um, oh, yeah, I saw some people saying that. But I mean, but essentially, yeah. it, was still, it was still treatable. The, same, the side effects are the symptoms that yeah, you the, had. The side effects the, you had. Very were, treatable, very common in terms of if you just take a regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. And paracetamol is what you should I take. To myself, yes, paracetamol. And I said to myself, okay. this is what babies go through. Like, you, when children go for their vaccines, the doctors always say, okay, yeah, just give them some RMR or some baby panel. And, you know, they should be okay. But the children are really cranky after they get fevers. And it's, this, what I experience is not anything different from what any other person mm, would person experience have, when they mm, have a vaccine, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So I just kept telling myself, you know what, this is what people experience all the time. It's just that I didn't take my panel early enough. 
and mm-hmm. I had you know the lingering the intermittent fever and the lingering headache for maybe three four days after I think I only really stopped having symptoms like last week Wednesday mm-hmm. so that's about a week after and no not not a week like four days after okay. and mm-hmm. um I was like okay well you know I get the headache and you take two panels and you're fine I was able to go to work. I was able to function as normal. I didn't grow any extra limbs. I don't have any extra eyes. I'm not a zombie. <laughs> I sleep well at night. My appetite is normal, right? But I, what I did was I started to tell people who were asking me, you know, should I get it? Because my brother, he's also on the front line. Um, mm-hmm. And his his girlfriend is also on the front line. And they have my niece. So I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, you have to protect the little mm-hmm. ones. And I said, just make sure you, as soon as you get it, you take panel mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. went the day after me they went on the saturday they had their vaccine mm-hmm. went home took their panels and like could you not it was it was mm-hmm. our experiences were like chalk and cheese absolutely no mm-hmm. symptoms to them yeah because i mean i I've, I've seen a lot of accounts where persons listen i feel fine i haven't had any any side effects yeah. at all yeah. and so on so i mean you know you had you had a, you, that's your experience i know several mm-hmm. persons but a lot of my colleagues Mm-hmm. had symptoms i guess because mm-hmm. doctors are quite stubborn with the worst mm-hmm. patients but we had symptoms as well and you know it was after that that we were like okay yeah maybe we should take any paracetamol right when we mm-hmm. got it mm-hmm. but i mean mm-hmm. it's only the second day right so you don't really know how people yeah. react <laughs> yeah. you're you're the guinea pig on the second day really and truly mm-hmm. you know Very true yeah, yeah. so yeah, i mean i'm everybody yeah, 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 I mean, every like I said, several persons have said the only thing I experienced with a little soreness around the injection mm-hmm. side, no headaches, nothing like that. And I said, okay, that's good. And I mean, in my mind, guys, there's a small price to pay. I had a headache day and a little yeah. waiting in there. It are people who's who's. <laughs> Who's 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 part of getting them hard and they get headache anyway? So I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't how, how you reach there. <laughs> you no, but last it's episode. True. <laughs> okay, it's true. true. <laughs> so, so there's I mean, enough people with and, headache. and the effects are treatable. They're yeah. treatable. Yeah. And there's nothing yeah. that you know if you go on the internet, and you look and you ask what are these side effects of the vaccine, you're gonna see all those listed. Mm-hmm. Like all yeah. the symptoms that I experienced, those are listed. And I mean, and honestly, I am glad that I had that response because that's the response that I needed. When my body started to kick in and I had the fever and I had the headaches and the joint pain and whatever, I was like, good, my immune system is working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how but, you know um, your immune system is working when you get these, <laughs> these effects. I mean, Panadol pan helps to, you know, lessen some of the effects. But I was glad that I felt that way. I was like, yo, okay, good, my immune system up and cranking. Like, this is what I need. So I don't know. I heard the second. I heard the second dose was gonna be worse, but I know how oh to boy. move forward now. <laughs> good man, you're going to tomorrow good. early. Yeah. yeah, I should start taking it now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but um, something else, Kara and Miradilana as well. How? What? What's the process like in Barbados now? Going to get it? Like um, in terms of going to different clinics um like do you know like waiting times or anything like that so because persons might want to know because that might dissuade them if they figure hey i have to go there and wait all day so i ain't going to go get this vaccine mm-hmm. again like like do you know what it's like now um i've not been there first time i've had i've heard a couple of my friends and family members who've received it um they you basically register online they're now doing for people with chronic illnesses I okay. recommend it for everybody, chronic illness or not. Even if you have arthritis in your toe, I would tell you to get it. Because if it can stop you from being on a ventilator, 
I don't see why you're thinking twice about it, right? So people have registered for it and they've been given, they tell you where to go. So I know before they were doing out potty clinics. Now they've opened a couple schools. So Mm. I remember I had- They have drive, they have drive tuna. Yeah, now they have drive through. Drive through vaccination. So let's drive to get your shot in the car. Mm. You don't come out your vehicle. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. They've now implemented that. So do you like so, wait? Because I know like yes. who, after you take so, it, you have to wait like half wait. an hour. My aunt I, 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 no, I mean, friend, after you take it, I think Kara said, what, after 15 you take minutes, it, yeah. after you take it, like 15 you minutes just to, to make sure. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so even but if it's a drive-thru, wait. they want you to like, you're waiting like the car park or something? Yeah, yeah, pull aside. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're doing it at the drive-in movie. So there's oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So just pull aside. They're doing it at the drive-in now, but I know for at the schools, the wait is long. I had my, I had my aunt, uncle go on Friday and one of my friends, and they waited practically I want, almost the entire day. Because mm-hmm. she messaged me. like My friend messaged me like maybe 12 o'clock. And mm-hmm. by 4 o'clock, they were still in the line waiting. But, you know, and honestly, a lot of people, a lot of people not going, you know, you know, Caribbean people. We ain't going when we're supposed to go in terms of time mm-hmm. and all them stuff. <laughs> yeah. so people causing problems in the system. So I don't really pay them things too, too much, my car. Yeah. You know, you it's a, it's a long wait. But then yeah. I, I guess I... I think what they might need to do is when people are registering, find out who has severe allergies because my aunt and my friend who both have food allergies or severe allergies and stuff like that, when they finally got up to get the vaccine, they were told, mm-hmm. oh no, we can't give that to you because you know we're not we're not in a polyclinic setting or we're not mm-hmm. at the hospital. So if something happens, then we have wrong. no provision yeah. to. So then they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't able to get the vaccine after waiting that in time so now they have to go back on monday mm. hopefully oh. now they can you know be fast track but mm. i think yeah, but- we can probably fine-tune the yeah. registering because i went yeah go ahead yeah i went with a, a, a friend down um, this morning i didn't take it myself but i went mm-hmm. here and i guess because it was sunday and uh it's it was a clinic on in in the valley one the was good so i guess maybe that's why but it was very quick in terms of getting it and we got there maybe like five other persons were there you went mm-hmm. in to see the nurse they took your pressure and so took some information mm-hmm. your name and that uh, other data like that and then maybe five minutes later um yeah, she went in she You're got the vaccine and, mm-hmm. and that was it yeah they told her to wait oh, 15 minutes just at to work see. at it. work it was a long time it, like because we obviously we got it when we were at work but to get in was the wait like to register and then go and stand in the line because mm-hmm. obviously with now all the different protocols you can only have a certain number of people within a room right. so yeah. Yeah, and that's part of it too because you're grappling yeah. with that as well yeah. right yeah. but when from the time i actually got in to the auditorium i went and like i probably had a vaccine within five minutes mm-hmm. and then yeah. we stood in the line for another 15 just waiting to make sure nobody had a set yeah. and then you registered and you set up your appointment for your second dose so yeah all in all I mean, once you get inside it's pretty quick but i think it's the the, the wait before oh, you know? okay, okay. that makes but i mean people. We've been doing well, you know, in Barbados. I mean, Barbados has va- vaccinated over 14,000 people already. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So that's part and part. Oh, wow. They're really jamming mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. coming in. Mm-hmm. When I was, I mean, there was a jamming in, they're very, they're trying to get as many persons done as possible. So sometimes they might overschedule in terms of, you know, these things happen yeah. logistically as you're trying to maximize your time and so on. So I'm not worried yeah, about that. Yeah, because we want as many people to be vaccinated. Exactly, to be on unpre- How are you going to feel if you're open now and 
by two o'clock in the afternoon, you still want to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. They're not. There aren't any more persons there waiting to be vaccinated. So that's part and parcel of the process for me in my mind. So I'm not concerned about that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, guys, we've been chatting There's for something a while. else. That's all. Go ahead, Janik. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say something else. I saw that I thought was kind of kind of good in that when we went this morning, the nurse before she started, she was asking those who were there, like you know okay like you came here voluntarily you know what have you heard like you know why are you here basically asking mm-hmm. them. and a few persons were like oh well you know we, we come for the vaccine and she's like okay mm-hmm. do you know which vaccine you're gonna get like what's the name of it and yeah like, that's very important I, you know, yeah but they're like i ain't too sure you know they'll say come down here and you know yeah. just tell you need that's it. very and, important that people know what they're getting because i have some patients right. who come and they don't even know which medication they're on i said but suppose somebody was trying to poison you you know? Which of course we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. But but I think you should know. You should be informed. Yeah, you definitely you go. Yeah, you should. Yeah. But still, there was well, you know there was a willingness, a person just to show up and you know get vaccinated, even though they mm-hmm. probably didn't do any research on their own. At least, um, yeah. Getting out there and they I find I find Bajans now are coming around to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Come, they're coming around to it. I mean, we still have quite a few who are like not and not getting it, but. I can say based on the response that we've been seeing lately, Barbados are coming around to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Barbados in my mind is leading the way. Of course, we thank Barbados and, and Dominica mm-hmm. for their generosity in terms of donating or uh, giving mm-hmm. some of the, the vaccines yeah. to the Caricom yeah, brothers definitely. and sisters. But when you think about places like Jamaica and so on, where a, a vaccination drive hasn't taken, uh, yeah, hasn't they don't have yet. any, and their cases yeah, yeah. have been, yeah, we talk, we see Antigua like rolling out, we see, yeah, mm-hmm. St. Lucia rolling out, Dominica rolling out. So, we're, and in the region, where are on we? We're getting there, guys, and I, I just hope that over the next couple of months that you know, the entirety of the Caribbean, you know, you know have has some sort of comprehensive. Um, well, well executed vaccine drive um, happening and I encourage mm-hmm. all of our people in the region, all of our listeners to get this vaccine of course make sure do your own research make sure um, you know it's a decision that you're taking of course you know with all the facts and all of these things we encourage these things I mean mm-hmm. for me it's a decision that I've already made in terms of it I'm just waiting for it to become available to me and I'm going to go and I'm going to get my vaccine. I haven't seen my grandmother in forever because I'm, you know, keeping yeah. a distance yeah. and all of that. I haven't so I seen mine either. And she's yeah, 93 so, yeah. and she lives alone. And she's like, yeah, if you yeah. want to see me, you're going to have to see me through the window. And I mean, that's, yeah. not, that's yeah. not ideal, all right? Of things. Exactly. So all of those things. I've made that decision. Kara's already taken the leave. I know Janet, they've the same thing too. So we encourage mm-hmm. all of our listeners to do that. I mean, we've been talk- we've been going at it for a while, Janet. So I don't know if you mind. We can probably skip what we're drinking to this week. I, I know I've been yeah. drinking my usual. And we can probably <laughs> just wrap up the episode this week. And of course, guys, you know, this is our final episode for the season. Um, we'll be back. We're going to take a little break. You know how it is. We do our, our, our scenes. We take a break and we come back. Um, so we want to thank you for being with us throughout the entire season. Of course, we have... What now, Jadrick? Four seasons now. So you guys, four if you haven't caught the episode, you can jump back and go and, and look back on our thing. But we'll be back yeah, so, some, shortly. Some binge listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. And we have some new stuff coming <laughs> for season five. Yeah. We're going to do some revamping in season five. So look out for that. So, you know. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, just want to thank you guys again for listening to this episode. Like Delano was saying, stick around for season five. We're going to come with some new stuff. And we promise to not be... For it to not be as long as a hiatus as, as before, but yeah, we'll be back, back soon. We'll be back soon. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think probably for the first time ever, we're gonna ask you guys to you know subscribe, like, listen to the podcast, uh, recommend it to your friends. friends yeah. And yeah, thanks for being with us. Um, on this episode again, thanking Dr. Kara um, uh, for joining us. 
And uh, as always, I'm the lawyer, Jadrick Cummings. And I'm Delano D'Souza, the policy analyst. Catch you next time and next season in season five.